What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to our latest episode of our 9 a.m. Sunday experience, recorded live at our location in Vancouver, B.C. So come on in and enjoy a powerful right now word brought to you by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. In other words, even if you're unfaithful, the Bible says he is what? Faithful. His love is so strong. His love is so one way. His love is so unconditional. It doesn't matter how much you try to sabotage, how long you run, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. That God's plan will prevail over your plan. Yeah, that's good news right there. Because you can't mess it up. Now understand that your sin, your rebellion will never mess up God's plan. But it will prevent you from experiencing heaven on earth. So you're going to go to heaven, but you're going to forfeit how many ever years not experiencing the peace of God on earth. Not experiencing the victory of God on earth. Not experience the overcoming power, prosperous marriage, prosperous relationship, prosperity on earth as it is in heaven. And so the Holy Spirit within you is fighting, listen, for you and for the Lord. That's why it can seem so chaotic in your life. You call it depression, I'm going to call it war. And see, because it's a carnal mindset, any type of tension or stress you feel in your life, you call it stress, anxiety. So you begin to try and change external things before you look within and say, Holy Spirit, what's going on? And there's a war inside of you. There's a woman in the Bible pregnant with two nations. <laughs> There's another woman who gave birth to Isaac and Ishmael. Might I bid to you what you're going through right now in this season? There's two nations inside of you. And only one of them is God's perfect will. The other one is your good will. And if you stop trying to exchange external things and let the Holy Spirit begin to change the internal so that your desires align with God's desires, you will experience peace in your life. It says his holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Next. So we are convinced that every detail, every detail of our lives is continually woven together. He's, made, he's working everything together for our what? Good. He's weaving it together. He'll take your crappy attitude and weave it together. You ever have a really nice shirt or a nice sweater and, and, and because you're, you pay attention to detail, you notice the nag on it. I even see a nag when I'm shopping for something, and I'll go up and say, can I get a little 10% off because there's a nag on it. This is not perfect right now. Somebody been playing with this sweater. I'll take it, but you're going to have to change this price on that. Y'all going to take it for what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going. And then what did they say? Yeah, we can give you 10%. You ever buy something that got dirt on it? No, it's not supposed to have dirt on it. Mm-mm. 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 So we are convinced that every detail, are you convinced that God is working all things together for your good? 
all things. Count it all joy. Detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. He just told you his plan to bring good into your life. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill, here you go, his design purpose. Say there's a design. You, you, can't, you can't do an imitation design. If you can't afford the real Gucci, don't buy one. They're not going to last that long. And if you try to do imitation glory, it's going to fade. You try to do imitation joy, it's going to get exposed. The seam's going to start busting. Right? You get what you pay for. And with this glory, it takes faith. You can try to buy joy. Joy comes in makeup, it comes in high heels, it comes in fitted pants, it comes in nice sweaters, it comes in nice clothes, it comes in marriages, it comes in certain cars. You can, you can, you can imitate joy. But joy is not a monetary thing. Joy is this deep thing that happens within your soul that runs from the fountain of life. Design purpose. Next. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us before, or he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. You, your life, at some point, you should be looking more and more like shouldn't have joy for three months and then anger for five. It should be more and more like Jesus. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. And the other scriptures say he's the first fruit. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his what? Son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers. This is, we read that next, but I read it like it was the first time. Having determined our destiny. So wait a minute, wait a minute. So there's a design. There's a design. I remember when I was little, I don't care if I didn't like the outfit my mama picked out. Guess what? Too late. It's picked out. You wearing this boy. Maybe your mama didn't say that, but that's what my mama said. I'll show y'all some pictures jacked up. That's not fair. The, the, I'm talking about the, the, I don't care if it was in style at the time. I shouldn't be showing my belly button at the mall all day. I'm from the hood, man. You can't put, put no, put no, put no, no, the, the little Adidas Crop top. So, so no, listen, 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 listen. So I got a short shirt, Dawit. Short shorts. 
long socks. Why can't I just wear short socks? Just make it all short. And then Vaseline everywhere. Uncle Willie, why you let my mama do that? Because your mama did it to you. That's where she got it from. Got us little tall black men walking around. <laughs> oh, my God. And they got the nerves when I'm crying. You wear that. <laughs> if you watch it, mama, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have did that. Mama, when I got to take care of you one day, I'm going to put that same outfit on you. <laughs> if you watch and watch. <laughs> we going to put Nana in some short shorts. One time, one time, got to get you back. We go get her. We go get her. <laughs> and now I hope you're watching right now. In Jesus' name, I ain't going to have to take care of you, though. You're going to take care of yourself all the way out. Amen. Long life. Long, healthy life. Uh, whoever I'm talking, you're not, when you get old, it's not a given that you lose your faculties. Stop thinking old mean decrepit. Withered up. I got 10 more years before I can stop driving. No, what if you drive till you're 90? What if you drive to your own funeral? <laughs> just go on, hop in the grave. Just <laughs> hey, y'all forget Jesus gave up his ghost. They tried to kill him. They didn't. There are stories of men going to having dinner with their family. I think it was Hagen. Was it Hagen or Robert? You just at the dinner table. Well done. I'm done. Last meal. Don't, <laughs> Mama, don't do that, though. Don't, don't, we ain't going to have dinner and you give up the ghosts. But the point is, is you have long life promised to you. <laughs> he says... He called us to himself. If you ain't called to nobody and nowhere, you call to him. And transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he what? Co-glorified, Elder John. Co-glorified. Say, I'm co-glorified. So as Jesus was glorified, guess what? You represent the same glory that was on him as he walked the earth. If he walked in victory, guess what? That same victory that was on Jesus, that same power that was on Jesus, that same love, long-suffering that was on Jesus is on you. Say co-glorified. Same wisdom. Yeah next verse so what does all this mean if God has determined to stand with us tell me who then could ever stand against us if God has chosen to stand he determined to stand with me then who can stand against me not COVID God is with me in everything. That's why David said, 
who is this uncircumcised Philistine that has defied the army of my living God? David is so smart by saying, you're not fighting me. You're fighting the one standing with me. The point is, get out the way. He is fighting for you. Say he's fighting for me. Next verse. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure. He ain't got nothing else. You keep bombarding heaven for stuff. He ain't got, man, he is giving you the greatest gift he could ever give you. Jesus. Jesus. As disappointed you are that you're not getting the breakthrough you want, you should be more excited by the gift that he has given you. Nothing should take your joy. It don't mean you can't be sad. But you can't be sad without being depressed. You you can go to work with tears in your eyes. You, You can still be sad and have a praise. You can still be persecuted and smile. The gift of the sun. And since... God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us, what? All. He certainly won't withhold from us. You got to get this last little, little part. What is God keeping from you that's worth more than what he gave to you? If he would not even withhold his son... What make you think he withholding your career, your husband, your wife, your relationships, your finances? God ain't trying to keep nothing from you. He gave his only begotten son. So if he gave his only begotten son for you, what else would he not be willing to do for you? Next verse. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. Say that last part as loud as you can. One more time. Tell your neighbor, you are... See, this week when you're walking around and the enemy attack you with thoughts of your past and how much you've messed up and all that, you, you, some of you are going to forget this scripture. This has so much power in it. What this means right here is you can walk free in any situation. I was watching, um, what is the story Pastor Dylan was watching last night? Uh, the young lady. Um, what was her name? The young girl who she uh, committed homicide at 16 years old and then there was a new law that passed and then it 
her, her case got really popular. She got sentenced life to prison, and then uh, they went before a board. She had all these people fighting for her. Huh? Satoya Brown. Satoya Brown. She's in prison for like 12, 13 years. Beautiful story of redemption. She owned her stuff. And she didn't even have to, she, she didn't even, she's just like, I never felt loved. And, uh, da, 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 da. and then they, they got, to, they, they, the people that did fight for her didn't really fight for her the first time. And then some people got a hold of her story and was like, let's go back and see who this really was that committed this homicide. This young girl, mom, was drinking while she was in her belly. She was born an alcoholic. Therefore, she was already had a certain uh, percentage of retardation. So she's not thinking nowhere near a normal level. Then go on top of rape after rape after rape. Then go after prostituting starting at 14 and having a pimp disrespect and degrade her. And then go after all this trauma in her life. And then she lays with this one older man who should not be laying in the bed with a 16-year-old. He goes to reach for something or what it looks like at some point. Enough is enough. I don't know if you're about to try to kill me, rape me, but I'm not going to let it happen again. But then more than that, cool, she paid, a time, she paid for it. But the transformation that happened while she was in prison... You could see before she got set free, she was already free. Because she stood before them willing to pay the price for what she did. When you hear those words, not guilty, when you were destined to spend life in hell. I don't know if you really understand that. You were born on your way to hell. You had to receive Jesus you wasn't born on your way to heaven. You were born into sin, shaped in iniquity. You had to receive the work that Jesus did. You were on your way to hell. You were guilty. And then someone preached the gospel to you. But you got to understand they preached it because God sent someone. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be what? Sent. So out of God's love, he made sure you heard his bid to come. And then he put preachers, pastors, teachers, as he mentioned, to make sure you not only come, but you now be renewed and transformed in the way he made you. He didn't make you dependent on a boo. He didn't make you dependent on an economy. He didn't make you dependent on medication. He didn't make you dependent on alcohol. He didn't make you dependent on the pastor. He made you dependent on him. But if you can understand, you're not guilty. So stop letting insecurity prosecute you. Stop letting fear prosecute you. Come out of your prison. All the excuses. Stop letting what daddy did or didn't do. Get over your daddy issues and come to the heavenly father. And that's not being insensitive. But he said you're not guilty. Which means you're not 
fatherless and motherless. You're not the widow. You're not abused. You're not insecure. All these lies of the enemy, you are not guilty. Stop owning your sickness. Stop calling it your sickness. Your disease, your fear, your mental illness. Pastor, it is mine. I love this. Jesus talked to the Father. Here's some revelation, Elder John. Not that you don't have it. Jesus says, let this cup pass. Yvonne, he didn't say let my cup pass. Let this sickness pass. Not, Lord, heal my sickness. Lord, heal this sickness that has attached itself to, my, to me. Lord, take this fear of rejection, not my fear of rejection. You have to begin to detach yourself from the prosecution because you weren't made sick. You weren't made fear. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, but you weren't made an addict. You weren't made afraid. You weren't made depressed. You weren't made with rage. You weren't made that way. Anytime you get something that was not made the way it's supposed to be made, you have a right to return it. Right there, well, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you know how on cars there's a call back years later on the car because something was wrong with the radiator or the brakes or the pistons in it or whatever. They call the car back. Well, today the Lord is calling you back, and that sin, that listen, listen, that fear is being called back, that insecurity is being called back, that victim mentality being called back, back to where it belongs, and it belongs to the pit of hell. In Jesus' name, say not guilty. Not guilty. He who does not, (laughs) not guilty. Say not guilty. Well, if I'm not guilty, then who left is to condemn me? If if I'm not guilty, then who can condemn me then? Who can tell me I'm not going to be this without that? Who can tell me I'm not going to make it? Who can tell me I'm not an overcomer? Who can tell me I'm going to be like my daddy? You're going to be like your mama. You're going you gonna to be mentally ill like your mama and daddy was. You're going to have cancer like your mama and daddy was. Who can prosecute me now? If he has freed me, then who can bind me? Certainly not even Jesus. The anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now what? Risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his what? Right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us when he's with us? You don't got to be afraid to approach the throne. He's with you. He's approaching it with you. The Holy Spirit is approaching it with you. Says, how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for us? And he ain't just praying for us. He's praying for our triumph. What if you agreed with Jesus' prayers for your life instead of what man says? Next verse. 
Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. Come on, say absolutely what? No one can separate us from the love of God. Not even your sin. Not even your ignorance. For nothing in the universe, in the universe, he didn't just say nothing in the earth. He didn't say nothing in the world. Nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Look, this is not just love floating in the air. This is love shooting toward you. While you sleep, hugs and kisses from heaven. While you walk in, words of affirmation shooting from heaven like shooting stars over your life. But are you aware of the sound waves of heaven that is speaking to you? Tune your radio in to Love 101. Absolutely no one, for nothing in the universe has the power. Troubles? Nope. Pressures? Nope. Problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions? What about deprivations? Nope. Dangers? Nope. And death threats? Nope. COVID? Nope. No. For they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent. They are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. You can't squish this love. You can't stop this love. It's the greatest force on the planet is agape. The only thing that can stop his love from hitting you is your ignorance and a condemned mindset. It will never stop his love, but it can stop you from experiencing this great love. So God's going to do his part. But your ignorance, your stubbornness, let me tell you, church, serving, those aren't, you can't work your way into experiencing his love. It's actually walking by faith that helps you experience his love. It's being obedient that helps you experience his love. You can, you can carry a thousand chairs, but if you choose to not walk in sonship, you will not experience his love. If you always throw in pity parties, you will not experience his love. I don't care how much you tithe. I don't care how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter. Kids can live with their parents and never experience their love. There's kids that won't allow their parents to love them. There are kids that love their friends' parents, they think, more than their own parents. Your kid is so nice. <laughs> they is. I'm glad you experience in our work. <laughs> but that's how it is. We'll treat somebody that don't want us We'll pursue somebody that don't want us more than we'll pursue the one that wants us. 
We'll identify ourselves by who rejects us more than who accepts us. God accepts you just as you are. So you got to have faith to experience this great love. You got to be willing to leave comfort and just walk on the shore, on the on the seas with the Lord and watch him save you. You got to be willing to let things go and watch him add things to. You got to really hop up in his arms. You, you can't be like one of them babies. You ever see them parents that's pushing a they big old kid around in the stroller? Feet touching the ground, the baby, the baby doing this on the ground in the stroller. See, and we'll, we'll get in the stroller with the Lord. But we still want access to walk how we want to walk. Instead of like, Daddy, I don't want no stroller. I want to be in your arms. And wherever you want to take me, I'll go. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that's lonely. But if that's where I remember Elder John said, go wherever you're going to get to know the Lord the most. Immediately, I was like, for sure I'm going to get to know God in Dawson Creek. <laughs> if I go to Dawson Creek, we're going to get to know some Jesus. Yeah, prayer life real strong. But then the Lord is like, you think so? Because when you go there, you're going to get a great salary. When you go there, you're going to get a great place to stay. When you go there, you're going to pastor a congregation already of a few hundred people. You're from Oakland, California. You go to Dawson Creek, man, you, you, could, you could take that whole city with basketball, with music. Man, you could do all kinds of stuff. You can get a budget that's going to fly. You could do youth conferences for everybody that's up there. Man, you go up there, bro. You're from California. Dawson Creek, nothing. You're going to get to know the Lord. He said, oh, really? And boy, I would never know the Lord like I know the Lord by staying right where I'm at. Bypassing a nice salary. Bypassing a congregation that's already full. Bypassing and starting with nothing but what God saw fit for me to start with. And as much as you think that may be better, that may be more comfortable, the Lord says, but going that way, you won't get to know me like I've designed you to know me. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Why did it say to the end, Danny? Because from that choice to the end, it may seem right. And the beautiful thing, the Lord will let it seem right. But because by the time the end comes, he needs you to end up where he created you to be, guess what he going to do? It's going to be hell. And if it takes hell to get to heaven, if that's the route, take it. But I choose to fall in the loving arms of the Father without needing a gurney, without needing tragedy. Next verse. 
Even though it is written all day long, we face death threats for your sake. God, we are considered to be nothing more than what, Danny, uh, uh, Dylan? Sheep. To be what? Slaughtered. Next verse. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, even in the midst of this crazy, crazy world, we triumph over all of them. Name 100 things that's troubling. And the word says, yet you triumph over them all. Triumph is a mindset. Triumph is not God picking you up and making it easy and giving you this ladder and saying, here you go. No, triumph is you walking through it. You're walking through frustrations. You're walking through rejection. You're walking through some fear. You're walking through the valley and the shadow of death. You're walking through. You're walking through. Here you go for somebody. You're walking through the symptoms of that disease that ran in your family. But symptoms do not have to turn into a disease. But when you accept symptoms because someone was diagnosed, then it turns into a disease and you keep it in your bloodline. But he says you've triumphed over them all. Who in your bloodline choose to believe the over them all? For God has made us, woven us, packaged us, predestinated us to be more than conquerors. It's in your DNA. Not just conquerors, but what? More than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So Jesus was a sign of your victory. He overcame the grave. That's your sign of victory. Next verse. So now I live with the confidence. Now I live. Say now I live. Today I live. Forever I live. With the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Bless you. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Say, I am loved. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, not through your works, through our Savior, through the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the anointed one. There's no power above or beneath above nor beneath that can distance us from God's passionate love this love he lavished upon us 
what's lavished. The bottle of perfume broken over Jesus was lavished. She didn't reserve none of it. Jesus, here's a cross-reference. The way the Father did not reserve or preserve any of Jesus. And that's why Jesus understood what that woman did. Because she poured it all out. Jesus spilled all that blood just for you. He lavishes his love upon you, awaiting the day that you are affectionately in awe with him, needing only his approval. And then you benefit from everybody's awareness of how he thinks of you. See, you should be more focused on being affirmed by him, praying for others to see what he sees. But you got to first see what he sees. Do you see yourself strong and not by faith? Do you see yourself wise? Do you see yourself a joyful person? Do you see yourself victorious? What has permitted that? It's his love. You are loved. Whoever that's for today, you are loved. And it's not a conditional love. Here you go for whoever you are today. This love will not be taken from you. So you don't have to be worried about giving unto it because it will never be taken from you. His love is not like man's love. Where if you displease me, I'm going to take it back. I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm going to drive off. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to cuss you out. God ain't going to do none of that. What God does when, when he seemingly is disappointed with you, Elder John, I find that God blesses you when you do mess up sometimes. So don't go mess up so you can get blessed. That won't work. But when you think you've messed up with God, he will bring some, a message around like today. And say, I love you. I have forgiven you. I still have great plans for you. I'm not done with you. I will use this mess up. And I will turn it into a message. I got your back, son. I got your back, daughter. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Whoever I'm talking to out there, you can't mess up enough. This young girl murders someone and the mercy of God bails her out. She goes from life in prison to getting another chance to do it all over again. God gave her a chance to change her bloodline around because her mama was prostituting at 16. Her mama's mama was prostituting. They all, this was a lineage of women that the enemy had a plan of destruction for. But the Lord said, I'm not going to let this one get away from me. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but God has chosen you to turn it around you are the turnaround say I'm the turnaround come on say it again I'm the turnaround 
Thank you, Jesus. Some of you are pioneering a new way in your bloodline. With no pastors in my bloodline. We pioneering a new way in our bloodline. What no evangelists in your bloodline. You, pro- you pioneering a new way in your bloodline. Wasn't no prayer warriors in your bloodline. But from this day forward, guess what's going to be in your bloodline? Prayer warriors going to be in your bloodline. It wasn't no great faith in your bloodline. But guess what? God has called you to have great faith. And then your kids going to take it even higher. You are the turnaround. Say, I'm the turnaround. He will tur- tell your neighbor, he will turn it around for you. Go, go, to, go to Galatians 5, 6. One more time. Say I'm the turnaround. Sang that boy. When you're, when you're placed into the anointed one. Nah, 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 nah. Go to... Uh, No, we go there. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Now go to the Amplified. Classic. Speaking to your mind, man, some of you need to wake up. Wake up in your spirit. Wake up. Stop having pity parties with yourself. Stop allowing the enemy to cause you to down. Some of you just got dark spirits. You just always moping. I come against a mopey spirit. You too grown to be moping around. Bible says when you get older, you should be prophesying. You should be seeing, having dreams. Stop moping. Moping, it, moping is demonic. Call it what it is while I put this chapstick on. Moping is demonic. I'm on TV. I'm on. I'm on TV. Gotta keep. We worldwide right now. <laughs> Moping is demonic. happened to me and that happened to me oh there's no faith in moping there's no faith in moping leave moping for little kids that have not developed parts of their brain moping is childish don't mean don't be sad sometimes I remember, I remember in my young boyfriend days, like, not I had a boyfriend, just when I was a boyfriend. Let me get this straight up in here. I said that right after I put on some lip gloss. I can't be messing around with y'all. <laughs> like, wait a minute, he got his lips shining, now he got a boyfriend, okay. Let me be clear, when I was a boyfriend, in my young days, you get the men just be moping today. 
them open to their uh, <laughs> Uncle Willie. Give them some space. He a part of the family, man. He, <laughs> Uncle Willie, just like <laughs> keep your hand. <laughs> hey, man, he doing his job. Hey, man. <laughs> Didn't come all the way from Williams Lake to just do a park job, right? Hey, man. He on it. He on it. No halfway. Hey, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> High-level high security up in here. That's federal security right there. You didn't have a chance to do nothing to me. Y'all <laughs> didn't even see it. He was all walking in pace, too. I'm like, man, if he would have stopped, you would have for sure ran into him. Jeez. That's my uncle, though, right there. Hey, man. That's Oakland right there. Hey, <laughs> man. All right. Um, what was I talking about? Boyfriend. And sometimes I didn't realize it, but I had catch myself. When you're trying to get somebody to love you, you often try to get them to see you. Because a lot of times with our issues with love is we feel not seen and we feel not heard. And so we'll do whatever it takes to be seen or felt. And what I've learned is you never want to get someone's love because they have to comfort your moping. It's like, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, babe. And then you kind of get up there like a little cat. You know, little cats be doing their head up on the... Or you'll walk around the house after an argument and just be like want her to say what's wrong and then she asks you and what you say nothing I'm okay I'm good I'm good alright love you babe I love you too you sure nothing wrong not really And then it has to be drug out of you. And let me tell you, every time you moping, you are sucking the life out of whoever has to deal with your moping. If you're going to mope, go for a walk. And let a stranger ask what's wrong with you. Because what you don't want to come back to is a depleted spouse. And now you want them to cook for you. very intimate conversations with your spouse have I'm just saying watch out for the spirit of pity watch out for the spirit of moping watch out for the spirit of of uh, sabotage be careful that you don't allow the enemy to make you see yourself as a victim you can be hurt from victory well, let me let me straighten that. You can be hurt in victory. So you someone can hurt you and you can still be victorious. 
you can complain from victory. You can say, uh, man, I really don't want to have to go through this. Like we have way, we have way too much to live for. We got way too much purpose in our life. We get along way too good to be going through this little funky little moment. And I'm so sorry that I said that. That was out of character. I'm so sad I drugged that out so long. But I don't want to do that. I want to have fun. I want to laugh with my girl. I want to see the smile. You can speak life while reconciling. You don't have to mope to get the love. Sorry mom and dad didn't love you the right way, touch you the right way, speak to you the right way. Sorry you got some family issues. Sorry you got daddy, mama issues. But you do not have to carry that on. You can argue from victory. You can can complain from victory. Complaining from victory sounds totally different than complaining from victim. Because you can quote the problem, but when you can complain from victory, it's always followed with the solution. Amen. Okay, you ready for this? For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But only what? Faith. Here we go. But not just any old kind of faith. Faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Now, let me, let me back this up real quick. There's moping, and then they's trying to be cute. Right? I, I be trying to be cute. I love you, girl. Yeah, yeah. That's trying to be cute, Elder Brendan. That's how you try it later on. Just try to be cute. Elder Brendan's like, nah, bro, that's on you, Pastor. <laughs> There's moping, and then there's cute, and there's cuddles and love. You're never too grown to be cute. I'm trying to help some relationships and some future relationships. You can't lose cute in marriage. When you lose cute in marriage, you lose intimacy. Cute is vulnerable. Cute kills the come here girl. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to help marriage and family. Whoever this is for. You never too grown to play with one another. Is a picture that was posted the other day for my wife and I anniversary, and she was just laughing like a little kid. Yeah, she was laughing, and I was, because I was being cute. Not handsome. Handsome and cute is different. I'm not talking about handsome. I'm talking about I was being cute. I was playing with my wife, and it, and it permitted her to be a little kid in a healthy way. I think you can live a more joyful life when you learn how to play with those you love. You grown, got a career, you too serious. And when you know how to play, when you watch kids play, it's because they healthy. Healthy people play. 
Hey, little girl, you kill here, girl. I won't be doing that, but you get what I'm saying. I'm too tall to do that. I don't do things. Amen. I'm just saying, develop a culture of play and health. Don't lose your flirt. Look, you can flirt by faith. Even if she don't look the best right now. Girl, you're so cute. And guess what she going to say? Shut up. She knows she ain't cute right now. But guess what? You said it. I seen somebody post something the other day. It was like they got married and they got, they got pulled, corralled because their husband was so nice. They noticed the, the, the flirty words faded away. And all she was left was with the reality of if she was cute or not. And then she started paying attention to wrinkles and start paying attention to all these other things. Nah, don't let nobody corral you with, with charming. Because charming does fade. That's why you need to make sure whatever you're getting into is rooted in the kingdom. Because sometimes charming fades because they don't feel so charming themselves. They don't feel so good about them. It's hard to be cute when you don't feel cute. It's hard to be loving when you don't feel lovable. It's hard to distribute that love if you can't receive the Father's love to the fullness. You can't, you can't stop wanting to see her smile. And not just smile, but laugh. Because don't forget, some father gave you his daughter and the moment a wife has to stop being a daughter there's something that withers on the inside there's still a daughter inside that wife speak Lord and there's still a son inside that husband A man is to cleave his mother and father and be all that to his wife. Mama can't get in between you and wife. and None of that. No, there's still a daughter in there. And so when I ask her father, who gives her away? Daddy says, take my daughter and make her your wife. But guess what? Daddy still got a daughter. So sometimes what playing does and laughter and liking and, I mean, man, go to the park and hop on the swing. Whatever playing looks like, don't lose the play in your life. Even if you're single, play. That's so profound. As we get older, we stop playing. And when you stop playing, you stop being whole. Don't take life so serious you stop playing. Go study what playing does. How can kids play so long? Kids can have you do the same thing. And that's the worst thing to do is get involved with a play with a kid. I've learned to draw boundaries. This is the last time. We got two more. Two more tosses. Two. Just two. Here you go. How many is that? One. Absolutely. How many we got left? Three. No. One. 
toss the ball, walk away. <laughs> but man, if you want to get in a kid's heart, if you want to get a kid to trust you, if you want to get a kid vulnerable, play with them. In the Father's eyes, we're all kids. And when you learn how to play, man, what it does to your heart. And I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've had a rough life. And you've let all those moments in your life be stolen. Even your relationship with God is a good one, but it's still grown. It's still grown. Like, no, trust again. Whoever I'm talking to, trust again. Love without limits again. Love like you've never been hurt. Only faith activated and energized and expressed and working, listen, through love. The most powerful, less, most powerful is faith <laughs> you can have is when it's grounded in love. What does the Bible say? Faith is energized by the working of love in your life. That's why he says childlike faith. We often think childlike faith is this faith that's like a little kid. But childlike faith is a faith that trusts without limits. Take the limits off of your trust in God. Trust in a way that even if when a kid gets hurt, they always look to the adult that is there watching them. And then some kids will bypass the adult and say, take me to my mama. You have to trust. You have to be willing to get on those monkey bars. You have to be willing to get on that swing. You have to be willing to get pushed in that swing. You have to be willing. And if that swing going too high and you're like, no, stop, daddy. There's a relationship there when you trust the Lord can work with you better. It's like the clay in the potter's hand. It gets to a point where he can mold it and shape it. Totally surrendered. Whoever is for, trust again, love again. I'm talking about rich love. Take the limits off of your love with the Lord, with the Lord, starting with the Lord, starting with the Lord. When you learn how to be limitless with your love with the Lord, he'll teach you how not to have foolish love with men. And a lot of times if you hear limits, limitless, take the lid off your love, it thinks it means be a rug, be, be somebody who just keep forgiving, 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 and ignore, 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 ignore. No, 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 no. There's faith and there's foolishness and there's presumption. And a lot of times we use, we use, we say in the name of faith, but we're actually being foolish. Love again. If someone does hurt you, God will heal you. He 
He loves you. The Lord trusts you more than you trust yourself. Be brave. Be bold. And fall into the Father's arms. You are beautiful. You are precious. Don't limit your beauty to your body. The Lord is redefining you from the inside out. So, Lord God, we thank you for your love. I think we thank you that we go. Can you put up Ephesians 3 really quick? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 317 really quickly I feel somebody getting more free more tender hearted man love is this real love is the scariest thing but the most rewarding thing for a young man who was not loved or had a relationship with his dad I find myself pulling back from loving my kids because love from a father is unfamiliar. So when I find myself doing it, it's unfamiliar territory. It was never deposited in me. I didn't see a man love my wife. So loving my wife is very foreign to me. Okay? When I play, and this is how it is, maybe you can relate, but whenever you do something that's loving and vulnerable and scary that was never done for you or to you, it almost seems like something bad is going to happen. This is going to be taken away. Oh my God, I'm coming to the end of my days. So what you'll do is you'll try not to because somehow you're going to stop the end of your days from coming. But then you look around and there's people who go to 90 years old, 100 years old, and have amazing relationships with their children. Fathers playing with their children daily. Mothers. Love is a very, God's love is a very, very scary, vulnerable thing. But it is the most, most, the most quality of life you can have. And I'm challenging you marriages and you relationships. You think you've, you, 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 you've been married for so long. I dare you to begin to try and go deeper in love. Play with one another. Flirt with one another. Devotions with one another. Date one another. And then the same thing, love your neighbors, love your family, love your children. The same with this just unconditional love. Take the limits off. Lord dealt with me, he's like, man, you know, sometimes you can get into parenting. And it's like, let the room be messy for a few days. Let them have a little attitude. I had attitude, but it's not the excuse of I had attitude. But, it's, but some kids' attitude is out of developing, development. It's how they perceive life. It's immaturity. And and learning how to parent not out of the fear of because of what they're doing today, that's how they're going to turn out next year. But that God is going to work it out. Train them up in the way they should go. It's not training them just right and wrong. It's also showing them how to love unconditionally. 
That's what the Father did to you and I with Jesus. He showed us what love was. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. Love your coworker that just get on your nerves. Try it. Yeah, it's tiring. Yeah, it's vulnerable. But as you be, become, you'll, you'll watch the Lord do something in your heart. It's not up to you for them to appreciate it or not. May Christ through your faith, through your what? Faith dwell, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Then after you are found securely in, in love and rooted in love, this is what will happen. Look, look, look. So that you, that you may have the power. Be rooted in love so that you may have the power. Be founded in love so that you may have the, everybody want power. But you can't have power and protect yourself all the time. And when I, say don't, when I say protect yourself, I'm not talking about don't guard your heart. I'm talking about putting walls up where you don't let people in. You got to know that God's love and power is so strong that you can let someone in your heart. But you don't necessarily have to let them in your soul. In this way where they control you. They're an idol. They control your emotions. Jesus was around Judas. Jesus let Judas in his life. But he didn't let him in his destiny. He was a part of, he used it the way he used it, but he did not determine where Jesus was going. Judas did not cause Jesus to forfeit his destiny. And so you got to be strong enough to let people around, but not let people determine. Don't let people determine your joy. You can love from a distance. I'm going to say that again. You can love from a distance. The experience of that love, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of that love? How does that happen? You got to be rooted. You got to be rooted in his love. Rooted. Can't move. Stay there. Don't let nobody, no hurt, no pain, pluck you. You have to be rooted in his love. And then that's how we get all the way down to verse 20. Now to him who? By power that is working where? Within you. <laughs> Out of his purpose, do it super abundantly, far above, over and above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. How does that happen? Because you root it in love. You root it. Ooh, I'm going to leave you with this one. Luke Six, uh, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running. Where is that? Luke 6. I want to show you guys something. Can I show you guys something real quick? And then we're going to go. Then we're going to go. We're going to go. I want to help you out. I want to help you out. Luke 6. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you. 6 what? 638. Let's start at like 6. 35 today. <laughs> look, look, look. You ready? You ready? Look, uh, uh, but love you. And uh, go, go, go to 34. Can we get it in the TPT? The Amplify to uh, how you running over time. 
y'all ready for this? Watch this. We major in giving and shall be given, press down. Let's see how we get there. Yeah, let's next verse. But love your enemies and continue to treat them well. Continue. Continue to treat your enemies well. Had a t-shirt a while ago, love on purpose. You do not let your enemies push you away from loving. When you lend money, don't despair if you are never paid back, for it is not lost. You will receive a rich reward, and you will be known in true children. Blah, 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 blah. Next verse. Show mercy and compassion for others, just as your heavenly Father overflows with mercy and compassion for all. Forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others, and then you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't look at the others and pronounce them guilty, and you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. Forgive over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Hold on. Go back up. Don't go there too quick. Don't go there. Go, go, go back. I think further up, it talks about it's easy to love those that love you. You see how we get to this next scripture. Now go down. Give. We often use this for offering. <laughs> Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such a, uh, an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity uh, becomes the measurement of your return. See, this is, this is why my wife, she'll tell you, my wife, my, my wife, my wife, and I thank God we, we help balance each other out as well. See, I'll take a minute before I yoke up on you and just kind of cut you off, right? And together we, but we're both working on our, on our stuff and our things. And my wife is an like loving, loving person. But she's also protective of her husband. And what you have to understand is... Some people work many jobs and overtime to get success and abundance. But the Bible clearly lines out some ways to walk in abundance. Seeking him first and different things. He says, give and it shall be given back. Right? Some people give them what their ways to prosperity. Some people do both. They work and give. Either way, you're going to work. But I want you to see this real quick. Your ultimate abundance is linked to your love walk. And there's no such thing as a passive love walk. I'm not going to chase after my enemies. I'm not going to chase after the people that put their mouth on me. I'm not going to do that. But every now and then, I'll let them know, hey, thinking about you, praying for you, love you. Your enemies cannot determine your love walk. And to guard your own heart every now and then, send a blessing your enemy's way. Because your abundance is on the line. Love and faith is your greatest currency. You want to see abundance? Walk by faith and not by sight. And walk in agape for the rest of your life. 
and watch what happens. I speak life over you. I speak healing over your hearts. I speak prosperity over every area of your life. I thank you that you have whole relationships. Agape does have boundaries. I thank you that you are bold and courageous and strong to have boundaries. I thank you, Lord God, that your children shall thrive even when being hurt, even when being discouraged. I thank you, Lord, that they're rooted in love. They're rooted in your joy. They're rooted in your peace. And I thank you, Lord God, for whatever incidents that have happened in our lives. May our measuring stick, may our school of love not be our experience in life alone. But may we look towards you as our teacher of what love looks like, of what patience looks like. And we thank you, Lord, for your matchless love. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't give up on us when we gave up on you. We thank you when we were unfaithful, you were faithful. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy that we get blessings that we don't deserve, but we also get kept from what we do deserve. Grace and mercy. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, I declare. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And join us next time as we receive another powerful right now word brought to us by our man of God, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, get your love fixed, man.